Hey everyone, welcome to The Bottle Comic, your favorite weekly comic book podcast hosted by a gay black man and a questionably straight white woman. It's weird saying that directly to your face. <laughs> directly to Yeah. <laughs> I'm the gay black man, Monte. I am the uh, questionably straight white woman, Veronica. And oh, our fabulous, fabulous guest. It's me, Melissa. I was here the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So in this podcast, we usually read a story story arc in comics each week and analyze it with Veronica's literary background, my unhealthy obsession with Marvel Comics, and Melissa's general awesomeness and borderline alcoholism. Uh, This week, though, we're not going to talk about one story arc. We are having our long-awaited battle royale <laughs> bracket to talk about all the stories that we've talked about so far. Yes. But before we do that, let's talk about what it is we're drinking. <laughs> I am drinking a red barefoot Moscato. red Moscato. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. The king of wines. Yes. <laughs> um, I've still got my Seagram's 12-pack. Right now I've got a Jamaican Me Happy. I hate that name. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. I do too. (laughs) Um, I'm drinking some Costco wine. Uh, Mm. It's called Kirkland's Alexander Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. So it's from 2017. So ooh, a fine vintage. Oh yes. (laughs) Um, And just to (laughs) some background in celebration of our season finale tournament bracket, we all did shots and have been drinking for like an hour and a half. Yes, of tequila. It's been great. I'm really happy about it. <laughs> we're all really happy. Yes. And Life we're all great. happy together. We're also, yeah, we're also all in the same. For the first time. Yes. Area. Our stay-at-home restrictions have been lifted. We are still maintaining somewhat of social distance, but we can see each other's faces. Yeah. And it's great. Well, you two live together, so. But we hate each it's other's true. guts, so it's we true. don't spend any time. Ah. So it's actually, we two are super far apart, and Monte's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Emotionally, anyway. Yes. All right, so do we want to go ahead and get started? Yeah, we can just specify what we're doing is we've got a tournament bracket where we've randomly paired different arcs that we've read out of the eight that we've gone through so far. And the matchups look pretty good. Should be an interesting competition. Mm, yes. So we're just Should going to... Should be very to... interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Mm. Let's all become sports commentators. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll go one through one and we'll debate and discuss which one is superior until we end up in our third round where we'll face off and end up with a champion. Woo! The champion wins... Absolutely nothing. Yes. <laughs> Some of these comics came out in the 70s or 80s, so, like, <laughs> even if they won something, who would get it? Yeah. <laughs> we win who would by care? continually drinking until the end of this episode. Yes. It's and true. you, the listener, win by listening to our uh, witty <laughs> banter. Yep, yes. that one. That's that's what it's called. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Not drunken ramblings. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so our first matchup is Worlds Apart and E for Extinction. Both Both X-Men. Jinx. Jinx. (laughs) Double jinx. Nope, that means we have to drink. (laughs) Double jinx means you have to drink more. I mean, like alcohol, obviously. Pass. So these were both about midway through our season, so not first, not last. 
Both chosen by Monte, the lover of X-Men. They were both chosen by me. That's true. So, let's get started. Well, one of them highlights Storm, Mm -hmm. in particular. The other one is about E for Extinction, where a mass genocide murder killing of a lot of mutants that we don't know. Right. And X-Men Worlds Apart is a standalone series. Yeah. Just about Storm and... E for Extinction is the beginning of a new volume, was it? Yeah. I feel like they both kind of explore different things. Yeah. So Worlds Apart, I feel like, is about leadership and, like, the personal choices that people have to make, Mm -hmm. whereas E for Extinction is more... I don't think it's very Random chaos. Yeah, it's it's not not. very thematic in any case. It's just, it's the stepping off point for a new series. Yeah. And... I mean, it has themes, obviously, but it doesn't really have a huge message to say because it's the beginning. Yeah. So as far as, like, I guess we can start with just, like, how we enjoyed it. Like, which one did we enjoy more? Right. Um, We read E for Extinction first, so let's start with that one. Sure. (laughs) So we had previously read Dark Phoenix, which was from the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. And then we went into New X-Men, which is from the 80s or 90s. This? No, this was from 2001. Oh, 2001. Oh, right. Yeah. Because it happened right before September 11th. Yeah. Um, but it was a very different art style, modern but very stylistic, very, I mean, 2001 is close to the 90s. It was kind of that 90s, like, laid back, like, they drank a Diet Coke at one point. Yeah. <laughs> and they're walking around in their platform boots, and... They got new uniforms. They got new uniforms, and it was very different from a comic style that we've read before. It's very cartoony. Yeah. I think, um, so just from my experience reading them, it might be kind of obvious, but I enjoyed Worlds Apart a lot more. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was a lot more intentional. Um, For sure. It was a lot more like a movie than an episode in a TV show. Yeah. I think that New X-Men had a lot of, like, bright spots, Mm -hmm. but... Worlds Apart overall, to me at least, was much more enjoyable Mm -hmm. and like... It was more cohesive of an experience. It was very cinematic in the art and in the flow. And... And it did have a happier ending. It had a happier ending and it had Storm in it, which the new X-Men E for Extinction did not bother to do. Yeah. (laughs) Storm was in a different book. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, during that time. Well, yeah. And that is very much to its detriment, <laughs> for me at least. Yes. It did have Emma Frost, though, who I have, as you predicted, I have come to appreciate her a lot over the three instances we have experienced her. Emma Frost is fantastic. She's pretty fucking She's badass. pretty great. <laughs> yeah, this story is when Emma Frost becomes someone that you're like, okay, I can I can like Emma Frost, yeah. I think. She had a much more acceptable outfit, which I feel like was the main barrier to liking her. <laughs> I mean, the main reason why you judge people. <laughs> well, like, when you look at someone and you just feel uncomfortable, like, you need to go change your jacket, because there's no way that person could be comfortable. Like, you just can't get over that and start to like them. <laughs> no, she had a great... She had a great story arc in the new X-Men, E for Extinction... Where she basically saved everyone's life. Turned into You're a welcome. giant diamond. Yeah. It was really, yeah. really good good time for her. 
but also X-Men Worlds Apart, which features Storm having to choose between her two worlds mm-hmm. of X-Men versus being T'Challa's queen, World of Wakanda. Or, sorry, Wakanda. In Wakanda. Mm-hmm. That's a different comic. Um, <laughs> uh, they both had really great themes. I both, you know, they both had a ton of interesting content. Mm-hmm. Obviously... X-Men Worlds Apart with Storm having a beginning and an end. It's about one person dealing with an issue. Obviously, kind of feels, with a happy ending, feels like a better story than, I mean, we're kind of comparing... Apples to oranges. Apples to oranges here. But but also, you know, new X-Men, Eve for Extinction, also did have a lot of sad things in it. Yeah. Um, It was a little bit bleak. A little bleak and a little bit um, all over the place. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. It was kind of. I think also because Worlds Apart is a limited series, mm-hmm. it's like a self-contained story. Yeah. Like it's completely self-contained. Right. Whereas New X-Men, a lot of the threads that are introduced are things that like later in that uh, right. series are going to be fully fleshed out like if we read the full volume we could then judge how the whole story was executed rather than just this beginning part of the story yeah so the reason i say that is not to change our mind because (laughs) i think we've kind of come to a consensus but i think so i we wouldn't dare come to a different consensus (laughs) (laughs) it's not necessarily to change anybody's mind but just to say that we want to give everything its fair representation. Yeah, because this is sort of a an intro to a longer story, it's not necessarily going to have like that self-contained self-contained story that works really well for Worlds Apart. Right. Um to say even given that my vote with that in consideration, I liked Worlds Apart more. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed Worlds Apart more. I think the pacing was much better. I think, like you said, Melissa, the... Um, fuck. The... <laughs> Something. <laughs> Words are hard. I don't remember. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, the, like, the cohesiveness of the story and then also just in terms of how easy it was to follow, I think that yeah. Worlds Apart was a lot better than New X-Men, which, by the way, everyone listening to us who <laughs> likes the X-Men is going to hate us <laughs> if we... Uh... Pick X-Men Worlds Apart? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, well, like, story is considered to be really good. Ugh. I'm just going to say, apart from objective quality, I liked Worlds Apart more because I was a little bit annoyed with everyone and their attitudes, just to... Add in the subjective yeah. realm in E for Extinction. I was kind of annoyed with everyone. All right. So, oh, sorry. Melissa. Any subjective reasons? Melissa? Oh, um, I mean, the artwork was pretty great in both of them because uh, we even talked about in the E for Extinction episode how the difference between the Dark Phoenix artwork and the E for Extinction artwork is obviously several years, but also they had things like shadows and more realistic type of drawings, but also X-Men Worlds Apart had that as well. Yeah, um, and, and the artwork for Worlds Apart was, like, really thoughtfully drawn. Definitely. Right? Um, there were a lot more badass moments in X-Men Worlds Apart where we saw Storm 
using a lightning bolt to defend herself against Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Um, the X-Men Worlds Apart, if you thought about how the character growth in that one, I mean, for obvious reasons, it is not that much because it's mostly just an event that they're all dealing with. Um, we see Storm having a completion of a thought process conflict resolution, whereas New X-Men's just kind of like chaos <laughs> and <laughs> sadness. Nonstop chaos, nonstop chaos and sadness, <laughs> which is devastating and horrible. And yes. we find out that Professor X has a gun the whole time. <laughs> which oh, that was a great moment. Is a plus one in that category. That a few points, but... <laughs> So, final decision for us. Uh, do we want to just go ahead and take a vote? My vote is Worlds Apart. Worlds Apart. We'll just say Worlds Apart. I don't want to die. <laughs> I mean, right. you can express your opinion if you thought it was the other one, but we'll just ignore you. Yeah. As the majority. All right, so for that one, Worlds Apart comes out ahead of E for Extinction. Yes. All right, so moving on to the next one, we have World of Wakanda versus Batman the Killing Joke. All right. So these are very disparate in time. When did World of Wakanda come out? 2008? 2016? I think so. Right. It was like 2016 around that time. And Killing Joke is from like like 88, 89. So once again, this is, and it's a limited series. Well, World of Wakanda is also a limited series, but yeah. it's multiple issues. So yeah. once again, apples to oranges, but we don't care. We're going to pick one. <laughs> All right. So I will say, because I re- like when we recorded this, I really did not like the killing <laughs> joke. <laughs> Absolutely it's problematic it. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I went back, I re-listened to that episode, and I also kind of uh, like rethought through it and i did i do think that it was better than i originally gave it credit for um i think that like my my biggest problem with it is the way that people will interpret it Mm -hmm. you know looking Mm -hmm. at it and i don't think that's necessarily fair in judging the story you're you're weighing the new criticism which weighs just the work itself versus other kinds of criticism that interpret that assume it's societal effects yeah that being said i do think because like the 80s were a different time from now Mm -hmm. but at the same time like i just have a very i have a very like visceral reaction to these stories where it seems like it's violence perpetrated by white men for the sake of being violent (laughs) yeah yeah It just bothers me. And yeah, it's the it's same that, thing with, like, Punisher point. stories mm-hmm. or, like, some Daredevil stories. It just deeply bothers me, and I don't like it. But I'm going to remove that from my judgment of this story <laughs> for now because, first of all, I don't think it matters. And second of <laughs> all, it was, like, a very good, well-written thing, even if I don't necessarily like what was being written mm-hmm. or the way that a lot of white boys in their basements interpret what's being written. Uh, Yes. It's still a good story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as we discussed in that episode, um, weighing it against... To this point, I am still the only one who's seen the new Joker movie, I believe. Oh, hell yeah. Now that we even have that to compare it, you can even see the responsibility it took in still conveying 
the villainy of the character and not oh, you mean the of the killing joke still yeah. yeah not going that extra step to being like okay let's forget he's even a villain and just talk about him um i can appreciate that and as someone who does like batman i can appreciate also that it's a very big turning point in how batman's pretty much number one villain started to be interpreted from this point forward yeah i would actually kind of it's pretty funny um because one of the main issues we talked about the killing joke was violence against women which black panther world of wakanda does have violence against women and just the pair like just just show like how the difference between the two comments this is an excellent point <laughs> um just like portrayed the violence against women in black Can- panther world of wakanda versus the killing joke it's much more disgusting in the killing joke Mm -hmm. you have the element of one bad day turns someone evil which you also can kind of see in the world of wakanda because you have captain uh, anika essentially being judge uh, oh becoming executor yeah kind Mm -hmm. of in a way and kind of killing someone who okay he deserved it but should he have come to justice in the way that he should have? Yes. Um, so you kind of have these two elements of crime plus justice, and it's better in Black Panther World of Wakanda because <laughs> it's more nuanced and it has more depth and elements to it right. than the killing joke is. And sure, Black Panther was longer, so it had more time. <laughs> essentially to do it but we were also talking about the 80s which would not have taken the time right. to do it if they could melissa probably. you've got like an a plus final <laughs> paper in a liter college literature class here you're welcome oh my god you couldn't see it because this is a podcast <laughs> but we had a discussion about interrupting each other before this to not do that so my affirmation to we melissa like, was to point at her repeatedly and just get really physically excited <laughs> melissa jesus like that was so many i mean like sometimes you have to bullshit your way through a term paper in a literature class the, the but sat found all those things the sat essay um that you have to write which actually may, maybe by the way kids don't have to do nowadays but i would have three to five examples for the Just sat essay <laughs> that i would sort of shoehorn my way into whatever the topic was perfect uh, see like especially the violence against women is a good point because it's present in world of wakanda but it's not, they don't overplay it for that sort of torture porn way. Like, mm-hmm. someone is literally keeping women in a cage in Wakanda and raping and kidnapping them. But all you see of the violence is him dragging a new person down to his cage room. Right. And it moves on from there. So, yeah. I think we can go ahead and vote on it. <laughs> yes. So, so my vote the- is World of Wakanda. Yes. Uh, obviously, Black Panther, where the Wakanda is my vote. <laughs> I'm going to say mine is probably a closer vote than everyone else, but I'm still going to say, given that we live today, world of Wakanda. <laughs> yes. All right. So next story, we have Dark Phoenix Saga versus Crawling from the Wreckage. Uh, first one, Doom Uncanny Patrol. X-Men. Second one, <laughs> Doom Patrol. Right. So this is another one where one of my choices is against one of your choices. Ooh, would I be the deciding factor? Oh god, I hadn't (laughs) considered this. (laughs) So say, these are also disparate in time, but both in the past. 
because Dark Phoenix is from the 70s, right? And Doom Patrol is from the 80s. Oh, they're both from the 80s then. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So but, a little more comparable. Yeah. Maybe. And they're both part of an ongoing series. Both a large and important arc. Mm-hmm. So pretty comparable this time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Dark Phoenix Saga was much more coherent it was a lot easier to read yeah and it was a lot more straightforward beyond that though i think that dark phoenix saga the reason that i enjoy it so much is because it gives like a great team it's a great team story but it's also like a deep dive into one character right and i think that it uh walks that line very well Mm -hmm. in terms of learning about Jean gray and then also just seeing the way that the X-Men interact as a team right. and as a family and everything. Right. Um, just to represent Doom Patrol a bit, like, since you are such a big X-Men fan and you know all this stuff about these characters, like, mm. it could be that for Doom Patrol, this is just as important for that team, which is obviously a less popular team. Like, there's no Doom Patrol movie. There um, is. There no, is... there's a show. Okay, there's a show. Yeah. But yeah, like... If you're a huge Doom Patrol fan, you might say, how dare you malign crawling from the wreckage? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Well, I'm not maligning it. I'm just Right, saying. exactly. I just want to represent them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even, let's say, me reading both, Dark Phoenix is obviously fabulously written and wonderful. I say, Doom Patrol has a lot of appeal for being so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it was very fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it, despite having... No one can see my face, but it's, like, a look of, like, what the hell is happening? Like, I don't understand, and also why, but also, <laughs> like, okay, this is weird <laughs> and enjoyable. I mean, both were, okay, both were really solid stories. Mm-hmm. I thought Doom Patrol was a trip, <laughs> a an event in your life that you remember. Yes. Um, Honestly, I think these might be like our most energetic and involved yeah. episodes of the podcast. It's actually really hard to choose between the two of them for me because right. while the Dark Phoenix Saga is a, I feel like, momentous event mm-hmm. that is really powerful and has lots of really deep elements in it that are really interesting. Um, and it's mostly very, you know, deep and serious the whole time, whereas Doom Control is just chaotic, chaotic nonsense, but it's very delightful the whole time. Yes. Say, uh, especially for you guys who like to watch movies like the Power Rangers movie. Yeah. Um, hey, Power Rangers is great. Yeah, <laughs> take that back. Elizabeth <laughs> Banks is a beautiful treasure. Take it back. Based on the enjoyment you guys got out of watching that and the enjoyment we all had talking about Doom Patrol and just like ragging on the characters, but not in a bad way, just in like, what? Yeah, it was fun. It It was was so fun fun to read and so fun to talk about. That being said, I would like to point out that the Dark Phoenix episode was so long it had to be divided in half. That's true. true. (laughs) It was also our first episode, so hold a special place in our heart. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It's a long series, though. It's, what, nine issues long? Yeah, it is the longest thing that we read. Most of the rest of them are around four to five issues Yeah, because it's in three parts with three issues each. Right. Three arcs to, like, a mega arc. It's so important that it was mentioned in the Stranger Things 
I believe one of the beginning episodes. Oh, was it? Yeah, they mention it because they're nerds. <laughs> You're supposed to get it that they're nerds. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so it's obviously a very important story that a lot of people, um, the Dark Phoenix Saga. Um, yes. I don't know. It's kind of I'm on the fence actually about both of them because they're both pretty <laughs> great stories. Yes. I'm going to say just since I am not a Doom Patrol reader, I'm accounting for that, but I'm still going to say that I think the writing and just from even, I compared them to visual media of movies and TV shows. Dark Phoenix is more cinematic, but it's also more novelistic, a novel versus a continuous serial thing. It has a very good character through line. I do. Which I appreciate all the time. To me, character is paramount and not plot. I mean, it also has a better plot, I think. But to me, the good character through line of Jean Grey is just going to have to pull Dark Phoenix ahead in the race. Yeah. For me, it... So we had a really long discussion about the um, mental health aspect of it. (laughs) And that alone... Like, it just meant a lot to me personally. <laughs> so I cannot choose anything but Dark Phoenix. I say before Melissa has her thing, just token appreciation of Crazy Jane yeah. in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy Jane from Doom Patrol. As a funny correlation between the two of them. <laughs> Mental illness. And one is taken in this deep, emotional, like, cathartic experience. Whereas Doom Patrol is just like, did you say Crazy Jane? Yeah. <laughs> which is so fun crazy. though it is, it is fun it, i still had fun reading it it is not to shame doom patrol it was just two different takes about <laughs> how you're in the insane asylum but did you see crazy jane melissa why weren't you an english major <laughs> because i wanted to hate my life i mean english majors also hate that's true life, but, but in I, a different way i decided to go with a business major which is even yes. more business majors hate their life when they're in school English majors hate their life after school. <laughs> I mean, I still hate my life. But, but, we can, but you take that risk. I take that risk. Um, okay, so I will be the deciding factor of it'll still be Uncanny X-Men, Dark Phoenix. <laughs> All, All right, right, so Dark so Phoenix. Last matchup, which for me is the hardest one to make, and I actually still haven't decided, mm-hmm. is Anodyne versus The Circle. So... That's Catwoman versus Wonder Woman. Yeah, which were both your stories, Veronica. Both chosen by me. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, um, so I'm just going to compare them a little bit. So Catwoman Anodyne was essentially, it was both a finding your identity story and sort of a noir detective story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the resurgence of Catwoman after she had been gone she had been presumed dead and she's coming back she's reestablishing her identity in the world and starting afresh mm-hmm. and i think it was from 2008 was it i don't know because I, I think wonder woman is from 2008 also all right so this That's wonder awesome. woman i mean that would make sense with dc though because usually when they reboot things oh, they, they do it at the same time yeah that so. makes sense so the wonder woman um is not the beginning of a volume but it's the beginning of a new writer a female writer taking over the story and it's a bit of an origin story um, but it's also not totally focused on wonder woman she doesn't really have a deep identity dive or 
really too big of a conflict to yes. get over. <laughs> I was thinking criticism. It's like, that's not the word. <laughs> um, and it's really a, sto- a sort of a side story about this group of women who, when she was born, thought that that was blasphemy and wanted to kill her. But presumably, if you are a Wonder Woman fan, that might delve into sort of the central underlying theme of who Wonder Woman is and what she stands for. Um, It was a bit more straightforward struggle against an enemy story, whereas Catwoman was a little more self-searching. Yeah, I mean, I I thought they were both pretty simple. Technically, the Wonder Woman character had a lot more side characters that just kind of came and went. That's true. That didn't necessarily affect the overall story arc. Yeah. But... It still meant the story arc was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've had very different art also. Yeah. The Wonder Woman art was a very straightforward representational sort of comic book art. While the Catwoman was a little more stylistic, simple. It's it's strange. I feel like they're very different, but also very comparable. Like, they're they're similar. Yeah. They're both a lot of ways. pretty comparable. Yeah. Both females who are very uh, iconic. Yeah, not really a conflict within Mm -hmm. that they have to both deal with. It's always, for both stories, it's an outside conflict that they have to deal with. Right. Um, And and it actually both illustrates their, I guess, philosophy on Mm -hmm. what's good and what's bad and where I draw the line. Mm -hmm. They both kind of touch on on that. So they're both very similar (laughs) stories. Uh, Monte, what did you think? I wasn't thinking of it that way. Like, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking... These are completely different stories, but actually <laughs> listening to you guys, they were like they were very similar in the ways that you mentioned. I think for me, I think so I'll just go with what stood out from both stories for me. So from the Catwoman story, what stood out for me was I really appreciated having a noir type story yeah, that really, that. really make sure to highlight the victims that's true and humanize the victims in a way that most noir stories don't which we talked about during that episode Mm -hmm. and then from the wonder woman stories i really or the wonder woman books i really appreciated the like it's kind of the same thing. Like now (laughs) that i'm thinking about it that was actually the same too because wonder woman also the parts that stu- stood out to me were the deep dive into like the way that she treated the gorillas with compassion, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though they were enemies, the way that she treated the Nazis with respect, even though they were Nazis. Wonder Woman did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wonder. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman, the way Wonder Woman treated these enemies with respect, even though they were not. So I think for both stories, I just really appreciated the respect that it showed to characters that you would usually disregard or just kind of throw off to the sideline. I think this is something, we didn't really talk about it much in the Catwoman episode. We got into it in the X-Men Worlds Apart with Storm. But this through line of specifying that having empathy is not a weakness. Caring about the victim more than beating up bad guys is not a shortcoming for a hero to have. Or even treating the victim or even treating the... (laughs) The, the, villain, perpetrator the perpetrator and the villain understanding that they have trauma in their background. Right. This is something I'm always critical of in politics. It's <gasps> like, we're so, we have this philosophy in America of we have to be tough on crime, tough on drugs, tough on everything. And even if, like, 
you carried out a study and showed that being tough on something doesn't make the problem better. There's an assumption that being tough on it is a virtue in itself. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe it's a through line of women's stories, but it's sometimes better to be compassionate. I think it is. I mean, problem. every story that we have up here that focuses on women does hit on that, even if it's not a central theme. Like it is present in Dark Phoenix and World of Wakanda too, even mm-hmm. if it's not a central theme. Right. Whereas Doom Patrol didn't really give a shit about <laughs> the Scissor Men or Well the Scissor Men weren't even people really. Yeah. And, so Yeah. God, now it's even harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna say not necessarily because of any objective factor, but just as a story, I liked Catwoman more. I love the noir themes. I liked that it was more introspective, like focused more on her introspective qualities. And I love Catwoman a lot. I love Wonder Woman a lot too, but Catwoman really speaks to me. The Catwoman story was much tighter. Mm -hmm. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with Catwoman. Okay, thanks a lot. Um... (laughs) I mean, feel free to voice your vote, Melissa in any situation and you might change our mind you might change our as we have seen my opinions about things are very pliable (laughs) um wow no they're both such great stories i thought they were both great um i don't know (laughs) um just say what you feel melissa well i i i got one hand i think about leslie Catwoman's Catwoman's therapist therapist had a great a lot of great things to say and then you had in Wonder Woman the circle you had the four guards who clearly had some imbalance about how things would happen if Diana was born Mm -hmm. Um, so they were dealing with their own mental things and it had Nazis in it Um, (laughs) and led by Captain Nazi yeah Captain Nazi (laughs) the captain of the Nazis named Captain Nazi (laughs) I mean I agree Catwoman was a much tighter story Um, but Wonder Woman in some ways had a lot more coming after it I suppose honestly I'm just saying random shit I don't know I can't choose flip a coin I'm going to flip a coin they're both good stories um I'm gonna say Catwoman because the cover is much cooler uh, of the first issue than Wonder Woman so I'm gonna go with Catwoman all right cool Catwoman is the winner then do we want to take a break and rearrange Yeah, this? let's take a break, re-booze up, we'll re-finagle our bracket, and we'll be back in a moment. Alright, we are back, and our first matchup for round two is going to be Catwoman Anodyne versus Dark Phoenix X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Dark Phoenix Phoenix Saga. Monte. Yeah, it's Dark a saga. Phoenix Saga. Which I think is the first thing to highlight. Dark Phoenix is a nine-issue epic moment. Catwoman is a four-issue, I believe, the start of a volume. Catwoman is from the 2000s. Dark Phoenix is from the 80s. These are just some differences to highlight. Like, Right. Quite different. Both women's stories. Yeah. For the most part. True. Dark Phoenix not specifically because it's an right. ensemble cast. Definitely. And But it's a woman it is, as a 
part of a team. She is the title character. She yeah. is the focus of the saga. Yeah. So this is another one where it comes up. One that I picked and one Monte picked. Also different. One is DC. One is Marvel. So many differences. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. This Anyone is extremely <laughs> difficult for me because, okay, here's where my headspace is. I feel like Catwoman is a really great story of one person's like decision about who she wants to be, whereas Dark Phoenix is a great story that also includes that, you know, Jean is trying to figure out who she wants to be and what she wants to be. Right. And she's caught up by these forces that are kind of beyond her control. But then at the same time, it's a team deciding where their morals are, where their moral lines are, mm -hmm. and all that. So, uh, it's just... <laughs> it's hard to even, yeah, start comparing. I will say, so starting, I guess, from the point of just the first criteria that we outlined at the beginning, which one do you enjoy more? The one that I enjoy more is Dark Phoenix because of the emotional resonance that it has with me. But again, that's subjective. <laughs> I understand that. I don't really think that either one is written better than the other. Right. I'm going to say same thing. The one I enjoy more just because it appeals to me is Catwoman because I, I cannot emphasize how much I adore the noir detective vibe. However... I cannot leave behind the well-written through line of Dark Phoenix, as you said. Like, the character progression, as we talked about in the episode, I really love the nuance of how Jean Grey is different from Phoenix, is different from Dark Phoenix, is different from the Black Queen. I think that's so nuanced and interesting. Which is also yeah. something I always love about Catwoman, because she is not a villain and she's not a hero. She's... A Switch character, she has nuance, and she is her own person. Which is also another difference. Catwoman is a very independent person, even if she gathers followers to her, whereas X-Men is a team. Another distinct difference. <laughs> right. I mean, both stories are basically about a woman finding out who they are, in a way. Mm -hmm. In a very loose way. <laughs> One has, what is it they say in the Aladdin movie? Cosmic... Uh, Phenomenal, Phenomenal. <laughs> power. <laughs> the other has no powers whatsoever. Uh, one is just she's just talented. She's just a normal gal. Melissa, <laughs> you're so good at comparing um, things in a literary way. It's just it is so hard, and I they both are just good stories, solidly written. Written, whereas X Men Dark Phoenix Saga has got. You know, Marvel Girl, right? Oh, right. Is and then Marvel, Marvel, Marvel Girl, Girl, her previous identity, yeah, Jean Grey's previous identity. Who she, you know, is at the end, and then she chooses to make the ultimate sacrifice, whereas, you know, Catwoman, Selena's got a much more milder, calmer decision mm -hmm. compared to uh, make at the end of her thing. But that doesn't make it any less significant. Yeah. And what I'm getting at is they're both great stories that I don't know. I'm going to say just another point to consider. I think I discussed this in X-Men Worlds Apart. This is just a particular taste of mine. I am sick of nihilistic stories <laughs> with sad endings and well it wasn't really a sad ending because as we discussed in the episode for dark phoenix it really felt like a relief 
when she died. Right. It was tragic, but it felt inevitable and well-written. Like, I don't really have a lot of patience for stories that end sadly anymore. So this is just a subjective thing. That's not true. objective. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. sad endings are bad in any way. Just that's one more point towards my personal taste in Catwoman. favor of Catwoman. Yeah. I So here's the thing. And while, Melissa, you were comparing them, the thing that I think is the reason that I am inclined to pick Dark Phoenix is just because it takes this, like, Chris Claremont takes this cosmic story Uh and the way that he scales it up throughout, like, it starts very personal and then it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it's bigger, but then it's still very personal. Like, it's still grounded in this one person and I just think it's so good. It's so good. But also... I think a good comparison between them... I I lost it. (laughs) Fuck me. (sighs) I would say, that's another good point about the differences, though, is in the scope. Like, Catwoman is a super personal story all the way through. And yeah, Dark Phoenix maintains its personalness, but is also just a huge epic in scope. Yeah. And a huge turning point for the series, I'm assuming, from what I know of it. Yeah. Like... Did Catwoman Anodyne go down in history? I'd never heard of it before we started this podcast, whereas I've heard of Dark Phoenix, for sure. Yeah, I don't know if it did. I mean, to me, that doesn't really... That's not really... That's just another point, I think, to discuss about it. Just because... It's hard to compare, once again, because it's also different. Yeah, like, Catwoman hasn't really... She has had solo movies and stuff, but, like, x-men right like it's an iconic team yeah. that catwoman you see is a spin-off on. yeah essentially of batman obviously whereas x-men is x-men <laughs> everyone just shook their head just... real hard like i don't know man it is hard <laughs> they're know. both solid stories i don't know if yeah it's... as a listener we can emphasize enough how we both like <laughs> how we're so <laughs> we're so conflicted because it is hard I suppose if we had to choose, Melissa, which guides. we do, which guides. we do, which we said we were going to, we said we're going. It's so hard for me and Monte because, like, obviously we chose these to even be in the podcast. One of us chose one. Yeah, and one of us I chose, chose the other. Dark Phoenix to start this podcast, right? As because right. I Number love that story one. so much. Right. So I just want you guys to know, I am going to pick Dark Phoenix. <laughs> right. I love this story to the end of the earth. Yeah, but I think me and you could talk for all eternity about both sides, and it wouldn't really <laughs> matter. But Melissa, as a neutral third party, who right. didn't choose either. As of these, someone who your... has to pick between my two friends, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Monte and Veronica, it is completely completely personal it is not <laughs> about whether i thought a story it's it's subjectively it's about literally who, who i love who is the better friend <laughs> so let's see um last week <laughs> <laughs> well i'm your secret lesbian girlfriend and monte is your alternate gay husband so like so really i'm at the same place i was before thank you for spelling it out um there's, There's a lot of history deciding. between both of us, and that does not make it any easier. But I say, uh, Melissa, you owe me for the. <laughs> no, I I really don't know what I'm gonna pick. Still, honestly. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say that despite 
it being a slightly unfair to compare Catwoman Anodyne to the Uncanny X-Men Dark Phoenix Saga. I will choose Dark Phoenix Saga because of how epic and impactful it is as a story. Um, that's it. That's what I'm going to choose. I have nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> I choose Monte. <laughs> Damn! Yes! <laughs> I knew it. I shit, think... That was really loud. <laughs> For the sake of this bracket, I'm going to say, with special consideration to Catwoman, I'm probably going to go with Dark Phoenix. Just for the impact. To say, if these were novels and I was still buying books instead of trying to get rid of books... I would buy them both. X-Men would go on my general bookshelf as a generally fabulous thing. And Catwoman would go on my special I love these in particular bookshelf. But Dark Phoenix, I'm going to say, is more important and should probably win over Catwoman. Yeah. I will say, like, I do think that Catwoman deals with real... No... Never mind. I was going to say Catwoman deals with real shit like <laughs> better than Dark Phoenix does, but like now I'm thinking I don't know that it does it better even. I just think it's a little more modern. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, like, that's It's that's a little more modern. It's, it's consideration modern. of mental health. Yeah. All right. So All right. So Dark Phoenix Great. One. <laughs> so the next one. Oh, this one is, is hard even in a different way. Harder. <laughs> hard in a different way. Because they're so similar. Uh, we have Worlds Apart, X Men Worlds Apart versus Black Panther World of Wakanda. And okay. these are the way these are similar. <laughs> yeah. They both have world in the title. They're both about Wakanda. <laughs> they're both about Wakanda. They're both they're... about women adjacent to T'Challa uh... in Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> They're both about women choosing their roles, their roles adjacent and how, to T'Challa and, and Wakanda. They're about loyalty, both personal, uh, professional loyalty, and in staying true to yourself. They're so similar. And Monte chose both of them. And Monte chose both of them. Yes, and I love both of them so deeply. I think they're both similar. They're both limited runs. They're both from similar eras of time. <sighs> they both highlight black women. God damn it. Um, okay. So well, one has lesbians. In one it. does have lesbians. So there's that. That's a point from Veronica. <laughs> 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 oh. uh, I'll start. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll start. I will say that I am leaning towards World of Wakanda because while I love Storm as a character, she is super badass. She is unworldly and how amazing she is with her powers and her ability to just be amazing in every single way. <laughs> um, I also love how real the situations within World of Wakanda feel you have two people who are not superheroes and they are dealing with their lives and their relationships and their careers and how that means in the context of their community and it feels maybe more relatable. So I'm just going to lean towards that because that's how I feel right now. I will say there. I love the way that Roxanne Gay was able to write a side story to the major stories that were going on and weave them in. But it's like, 
you don't like well i don't know from you guys perspective because you haven't read like avengers vs x-men like, absolutely all that not stuff, and you didn't need to to enjoy nope. this story even though it was a side <laughs> nope. story. and i feel like that's such a hard thing to do and yep. i really really appreciate that that being said <laughs> i love storm yes <laughs> you you were about to spend like 60 dollars on a metal engraved picture of her at Comic-Con. i love storm i think that when she is written well like in this story she is by far the best comic book character period especially in marvel like of what i've read and I think that this story utilized her and utilized every single character just so well so that everybody, like, mattered, everybody was important. And World of Wakanda did too. But I think that Worlds Apart was maybe a little bit more intentional. Like, it was a little bit more streamlined mm-hmm. in what it was trying to say and how it was going to get there. But also it was a like Worlds Apart was a completely standalone story, you know, like Mm -hmm. the author was given. It wasn't dependent on what anyone else had written and what had already been decided. Yeah. And Roxane Gay had she wrote this story about these characters that were already established by someone else and like did it so well and. I mean, uh, even I the know, main man. characters in Worlds of Waka- World of Wakanda, as you said, are the antagonists, essentially. Yeah. But she made them work as the protagonists, and she made them empathetic, she made their struggles real, and that's a real feat in and of itself. That being said, I do think that held it back a little bit. It feels a little shaky thematically. Um, just because things are happening that you don't necessarily know what the significance is if you don't read the other one, as you said. It is a really good feat that it was accomplished, but I do think that holds it back. Whereas, as you said, Worlds Apart, with Storm. essentially a movie with mm-hmm. Storm, stands on its own really well. Yeah, and that was the man- like that was the mandate. Right. It, it didn't have to incorporate these other things, and the author was just able to write it's a, whereas right. world of wakanda she was writing a backstory to a story that someone else had written exactly so that's why i like i don't want to i feel like all the shortcomings in world of wakanda were because of that right they were strictures that were upon it from the beginning and not yeah. necessarily a failure of the writing in any way yeah which we said in the episode like right that's what we talked about all the negative things that we had to say were because <laughs> of it had right. nothing to do with the story itself or the author or anything like that. Captain and Anika and Ao were solid characters, but comparing them to Storm in Worlds Apart is hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. Yes. Hard things are hard. Hard it's things are hard. hard. <laughs> Our podcast about comic books is hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go once again to the subjective and just throw this out there that The themes, as I discussed at the time, not that World of Wakanda has a sad ending, but it has an ending with compromise, and it has a lot of struggle that I often find frustrating. Not because it's something that shouldn't be written about or shouldn't be written about that way, but I often find it tiresome when people have trouble communicating like that. So just 100% subjective, 
I had a little more enjoyable time reading Worlds Apart, especially, as I mentioned in the episode, it made me feel like I could do anything <laughs> at the end. <laughs> it was just so uplifting, Worlds Apart, That's about true. Storm. That's true. And, like, I'm going to keep remembering Worlds Apart for a long time. I will say, so, I, I've i made my decision out based on <laughs> something kind of like what you said. So, with Worlds Apart, it was an enclosed story and all of the threads were concluded mm -hmm. whereas in world of wakanda the character of falami falani falami falami um her character arc just kind of ended and it doesn't get brought back in the black panther it actual get volume. Up again. yeah so i would choose worlds apart just based off of that and just the intentionality of that story. I don't know if that's even a word, but that's what I'm going to use. I know exactly what you mean. So it's a word now if it wasn't before. <laughs> Melissa? We Wait, didn't... I already said. I said oh. I chose World of Wakanda. I'm not going back on it. For it doesn't sure. matter because it, it literally doesn't matter. Because if right. you both choose Worlds Apart Say, okay. or Storm. So this is the first one where we ended up yeah. with different votes. Yeah. Since there's three of us, it's I mean, gonna go I, to... I don't feel like an outcast because both stories are super solid. They're super yeah. good, right? I'm I just, just don't feel good about it. Like, I, I don't know. feel good about it. I want to... Bad. Can we just switch them? Let's switch Worlds <laughs> Apart and Anodyne. <laughs> Let's throw garlands of flowers on all of them. <laughs> I would say, like, our final four are all women's stories. That's true. Which I am not surprised by. Well, it doesn't... I, I'm not saying we wouldn't <laughs> always choose women's stories, but we did choose like with six out of eight. Right, our women's <laughs> stories. <laughs> <laughs> We're stories about women. Wait, five out of eight. Right, with one ensemble. Ensemble. <laughs> well, two were ensemble. ensemble. And, <laughs> and one was about the Joker. And uh, I would point out that we gravitated towards the female characters in Doom Patrol and New X-Men. Yes. So Which makes if sense. you're listening There's... to this podcast, this episode, I think I think these brackets really help to illustrate like where we are and what right. we're reading things right. for. Well, there's no... That should be very telling to There's the no straight men on this podcast. That's true. Boo! So. Straight men have it really bad right now. <laughs> Someone needs to represent the straight men. Straight men would have said that um, Batman the Killing Joke with. Like, <laughs> T'Challa, straight man, <laughs> did a great job, but was a side character. He's got two comics about him, but he's a side character. Both, both of them. And yeah. he did a great job as a side character. He did a great job. A round of Good applause. <laughs> So, two votes for Worlds Apart, one vote for World of Wakanda. So, just like with Catwoman and Dark Phoenix, special consideration to yeah. World of Wakanda, but Worlds Apart. It's an awesome story. It was really, like, it was a difficult feat, and she definitely accomplished it. Also, I just want to throw in there because I have to. Marvel, you fucking suck for taking <laughs> decades to let a black woman write one of your stories. You finally did, and it was amazing, and maybe you should do it again. Maybe. Yeah. And just as a record, I was the one who voted for it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Melissa has the gay vote today. Melissa is yeah. a gay icon. <laughs> Melissa is a gay just icon. Just me. 
<laughs> just me all by myself. Yeah, we need to like, make a meme of like uh, Melissa, just like a normal picture, just like a normal photo, and then just like gay icon hey. <laughs> with a rainbow flag. And they in the say, background. "Oh, is she gay?" And you're like, "Oh no, she's straight." Let no. me just say, Melissa's going through all her possessions to pack to move right now. Yep. Yesterday or two days ago, she pulled out all the large metal buttons. I did from her time in marching band. <laughs> So I look pretty nerdy so in all of those. One of those pictures in her marching band uniform. Gay icon. <laughs> gay icon. 2008. Melissa with a flute with too long of hair. It wasn't too long, but it was. Uh, gay icon. All right. So our final face-off will be between the Uncanny X-Men Dark Phoenix Saga and X-Men Worlds Apart. Do we want to take a break before that? Yes. Yeah. All right, we will be Fuck back yes. after we reboos for our last face-off. All right, so we have our last round of the bracket. It's going to be... Oh. It's going to be the <laughs> drunkest round. All right. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be... We ate a whole pizza over the break, and we're very drunk. <laughs> it's gonna be X-Men Worlds Apart and uh, Uncanny X-Men Dark Phoenix Saga. It's so hard, Monty. Yeah, it's I don't... So hard. Mm. You Melissa, go first. You nope, start? you go first, Monty. I'll start. Okay, Veronica. I'm gonna outline the differences <laughs> and similarities. All right, these are both X-Men comics. Correct. They both have Storm in them. Accurate. They both have Veronica, Cyclops. You gotta also you gotta true. Do better than this. Okay. All right. Differences. One is a limited run from the two thousands. Yes. Or two thousand tens. The other one. Which one? Worlds apart. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> You're so mean. Sorry. All right. Dark Phoenix is not a limited <laughs> run. It is a three arc epic over arc and it contains the whole team whereas x-men worlds apart sees many of the team but is about storm it also includes black panther in it whereas uncanny x-men goes out of its way to avoid having the avengers in it that's the end they're both about women making decisions about pivotal decisions yeah about, about their lifestyle. like where they're loyalties kind of lie so x-men or storm <laughs> has to choose between is she going to be the queen of wakanda is she going to be a member of the x-men she chooses to be both Jean kind of has to choose between is she going to be this destroyer or is she going to be a hero and in the end she chooses to be a hero and destroy herself mm-hmm I guess from just a structural standpoint, I do think that Dark Phoenix has a better structure to it. It's yeah. a long saga that's broken up between three parts. And in each of those three, par three parts, you get, you know, the building action, the climax, the falling mm -hmm. action. And a progressive and consistent through line that is very intentional. Yes. Which you also get somewhat in X-Men Worlds Apart, but X-Men Worlds Apart is a limited run, so it's a bit less of a feat that they manage to do that. Yeah. And 
I know I said before that we probably, I don't know if I said it while we were recording, but that we probably shouldn't really consider the impact that a story has overall, but just the fact that Dark Phoenix Saga was something that was seeded years in advance, and it's sort of the culmination of so many years of comic book story writing, whereas Worlds Apart is a self-contained story that's written very well, but at the end of the day, it doesn't have any impact on the rest of the X-Men stories. Right. Well, I'm going to throw in, like, me and Melissa especially don't have this, but if you are a comics fan, inherent to the qu- the consideration of a comic book is the fact that it is a serialization. It keeps going, and especially with Marvel, the narrative keeps going. Mm-hmm. It does not, I mean, it's got like alternate universes, but they don't throw it out and start over. Yeah, DC restarts every, you know, so many years or whatever. Marvel right. doesn't. So having consideration for that fact, if you are a true comics fan and you actually read continuing stories, like the impact it has on the series would probably correlate to the impact it has on you as well. Yeah. And since these are both from the same studio and they're both from the same team even, you know, they're both yeah. X-Men books, I feel like that's something that we can consider for this. Yeah. I'm going to add in also, X-Men Worlds Apart is very slick. Like, as I've said several times, it's very cinematic, movie-like, contained and intentional. But I remember when we read it, there were a lot of times that there were, like, jump cuts or transitions that kind of threw me for a loop, which I would not want in a self-contained story where I it shouldn't depend on other things being read, etc. So, that Worlds even Apart did? Worlds Apart, yes. So, mm-hmm. even considering those things like that it didn't even have that many issues to deal with like it had a few missteps i'd say all the little tiny things that happened in uncanny x-men dark phoenix saga there were there were also especially towards the end a lot of different people that kind of came up that i almost even forgot about Mm, um like angel and there was a whole sequence where wolverine fell into a building and had a conversation <laughs> with a being. A, gar- a random henchman. Uh, yeah, some kind of godlike being. And oh. it was fully random. Um, it was. And the <laughs> fact that we, I don't even think we talked about it in the episode because it was, it was just. completely intense. I barely com- remember that. Yeah. Completely not relevant to the conversation. Yeah, it was in the big showdown at the end. Apparently right. there was. An ongoing sort of set, uh, omniscient character, mm-hmm. not really involved in this series, that just had a one-off conversation with him. Yeah. yeah, it was Uatu, the Watcher. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I forgot about that until you just mentioned it. <laughs> um, yeah, they both they both are pretty evil footing or even footing. Um, they both have Storm in them. Storm mm-hmm. is obviously the main character in Worlds Apart. Versus Jean Grey in the Uncanny X-Men. Right. One of them has a happy ending, Worlds Apart, versus a sad but relieved epi- uh, ending, which is the Uncanny X-Men. I'm just saying things. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. They are both really well-written stories that tell a lot right. about the women and other people in them give mm-hmm. you deeper insight into the people within the story, but even Cyclops. 
Scott. Scott. Uh, Scott. Um, have huge roles in these. And both of them actually, despite one of them being written in the 80s, the other one written in the 2000s, um, they both kind of have that Scott thinking through his feelings. That's a, another good mm-hmm. English major point is that <laughs> Scott is sort of the sounding board in both of them. So that's a little bit of a grounding to make them right. similar. Right. The, I mean, obviously we have the similarities and differences. The older X-Men has the annotations that say, if you want to read more about this plot point, see such and such series and plot point. Whereas the other one is more sophisticated in its nuance and artistic drawings, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's newer um less campy in some ways more modern and more able to have the like intricacies and nuance of facial expressions which is something i find really important in comics is to really be able to portray subtle emotion through facial expressions for sure they both have badass moments where the individuals that are incredibly powerful within them are able to do whatever the hell they want. Um, Monte, what about you? What do you think? Um, that's where I'm at. I say right Monte's now. been sitting there with his, like, hand on his chin, looking at both of us, considering all the points we're making. He is conflicted. I think that <laughs> maybe a good way to judge it, because, like, they're very different in terms of their storytelling, but I think that both of them were paced very well. I think that both of them dealt with the characters that were there very well. Obviously, Dark Phoenix Saga has more characters, so it's not going to give equal footing to every single character. But I think a good way to judge it may be the way that each story deals with the main character mm. and the mm-hmm. choice that they have to make. So. X-Men Worlds Apart as a Storm story, X-Men Dark Phoenix Saga as a Phoenix story. And I think that, see, I was hoping that as I talked, I would come to a conclusion of Dang. which one. I, I was, that was also, when you said that last thing, I was like, but they're both really good. <laughs> like, this is, well, this is the ultimate Dark Phoenix story. And the ultimate storm story, I feel like. Like, their fundamental identities and the fundamental responsibilities and loyalties that they have. Okay, so (laughs) I'm going to go with a completely subjective judgment. Because objectively, I think that both of these stories are are really well done. I don't think that there's anything in either story, to me at least, that's a glaring thing that would make one of them better than the other. So for me, I'm going to go completely subjective and say, which one has more emotional resonance with me. And while I, it absolutely devastates me to say it, but it's dark Phoenix. (laughs) And that's just because of the resonance that it has Like, Dark Phoenix as a story is so well told and so well done that in every single X-Men, not even just the movies and the shows, but, like, even in comics that come in the future, they try to recreate this storyline. If not the specific storyline, they try to recreate the themes of it and 
the the feeling of it the resonance of it right and they're not able to do it (laughs) (laughs) there has not been an adaptation of the dark phoenix saga that has hit like this like the original dark phoenix saga Mm -hmm. and so for me i would have to pick that because even though i love storm i absolutely love worlds apart because i love it when she's written well like storm is also written extremely well in dark phoenix saga (laughs) yeah because nobody can write fucking storm like chris claremont can write storm (laughs) so you know what i started out undecided but i'm not undecided anymore it's dark phoenix saga for me okay (laughs) <laughs> um, to avoid being the deciding factor, right? Uh, as we just said case. you were gonna be, but then uh, we ignored it. <laughs> um, I have also been convinced by Monte. I think both stories are super great. I, I will choose the Dark Phoenix Saga because I don't think there's any ill-written character. Everything is just so well written. Um, it's just right. And it's just so good. And there's even more characters to screw it up with, and it doesn't. Um, whereas X-Men Worlds Apart, that features Storm, really just basically has like three or so main characters, and they don't screw it up either. But if you had to screw up ten characters versus <laughs> three characters, and you didn't do it either, I suppose in my book... If we had to weigh the two, I so would like say if you Dark gave Phoenix. it points for every yeah. well-written character, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's a good point. I'm gonna go a similar way and say like everything that I like about either one of them is pretty much present in the other one. So you can't just say this one has this thing and that one doesn't. Yeah. You have to compare each tiny quality in how big the impact is. Not even the quality of it. Like, 100% both times, but, like, what was the impact? Or how much do I appreciate it? And I'm going to say the quality it will come down to is the subtlety of the writing of the main characters. For Storm, as I discussed in Worlds Apart's episode, that was her, her deciding in the end that she doesn't have to change herself or her loyalties. She can play it by ear, which I really appreciated as a story beat. And the one in Dark Phoenix was not the same thing, but something I love to see in stories and does not always hit is when a character has different personalities or different qualities, really getting into the definitions between those different characters. How is your alter ego related to your regular ego? Um, And I'm going to say that In that case, it's going to be Dark Phoenix for the subtlety of the writing of how Jean Grey is Phoenix, how she is Dark Phoenix, and how she is Marvel Girl. It was probably the best representation of that I've seen in, like, literally any media, including novels, TV shows, and movies. And it's something that always bothers me in media, and I really appreciated how it was portrayed in Dark Phoenix. So I'm going to say Dark Phoenix. Yeah. I think that's another thing that like you tr- people try to replicate that in adaptations, but it's never really well done. Right. And I think it's that, and then it's also just the cosmic scale of the story, but mm-hmm. the way that it's still grounded in this one character. It's personal and universal. Yeah. So I think like I really do feel like Dark Phoenix Saga. It gets a lot of praise as being like the best X Men story ever written. I would 
definitely agree with that. But I would say that it's honestly one of the best stories ever written, like, period. I <laughs> yeah. love Dark Phoenix Saga, right. and I think it's fantastic. Right. It is I'll good. give it some, like, reservations for how it's aged, but given that, I would agree. Yeah. If we're even talking about stories we've talked about, how <laughs> they've aged, mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix Saga has not aged that horribly Right. At all. Hardly really. anything has aged poorly in it. Like, yeah. a few things. Yeah. A few things. For sure. But, um... But nothing that really feels like it was poorly written. It's... And wasn't just a representation of literal life at the time. It's a great example of how things don't change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, certain things about people and how they process things. It's right. still relatable yeah, How I think it could be adapted. I think it could yeah. be adapted, rebooted to this right. time, so long as they kept all the character beats and just updated like outfits, right? The way you phrase things, yeah. Maybe, and it would be, but fabulous. like I said, <laughs> that is not for lack of trying because right, they have no. tried to update this story so many times, and it's just really difficult. Okay, yeah. we'll tell you exactly how to update it. First, uh, take Emma Frost's cape. Take it out. Oh, Get yeah, rid of the cape. <laughs> Get rid of the cape. Give her at least some boy shorts. <laughs> yeah. Not just the unitard. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think also absolutely. this is a really good example of like people a lot of times will look at a story, a movie, a show, whatever, and be like, you know, well, you have to consider it with its time, etc. But like, I think this story really uh, exemplifies how that's not an excuse, you know? Like, you can still, you had people in the 80s who were writing about mental illness with a lot of sophistication and, like, care and consideration. Yes. You had people who were writing female characters with a lot of care and consideration. So, like, the fact that it's 30, 40, 50 years old, like, that's no excuse. Right. It's either good or it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. It's either thoughtful or it's cutting corners. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have some um, dialogue that can kind of date itself. Yeah. Which isn't relevant to the story, essentially. Doesn't, you know, change what happens. But and you have some dressing and maybe, like, stylistic choices and how you draw the characters. But for the most part, yes, everything is very still relatable story-wise. Right. So. All right. Dark Phoenix. (laughs) The champion. The first episode. (laughs) Monte knew from the very beginning. Yeah, this is why I chose this as the introduction because <laughs> it is the best story in comics the that I have best. ever read. Right. We were just re-listening and you said at the end of that episode, like, I hope you don't get your hopes up because it's downhill from there. <laughs> it, was a, it was just a little bit downhill from there. I mean, we chose a bunch of really good stories. Like, even if we had criticisms of them or they were weird, or didn't hit the marks for us necessarily. Like, these were all quality stories. Yeah. Except the Killing Joe, that was a fucking slog. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thankfully it was the shortest one. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) All right, so um, I don't know how to wrap this up, so somebody else do it. That's the end. We crown the Dark Phoenix. Yep. Dun, dun, Period. Dun, dun. <laughs> Period. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Bottle Comic. 
You can email us and tell us how we are absolutely right about who is the champion <laughs> of these eight comics. And at- also, if you disagree <laughs> with us choosing Worlds Apart over New X-Men uh, 114E is for Extinction, talk to your mom about it. <laughs> Not me, because I don't care. Yeah, deal with your own problems. <laughs> or you can email us at thebottlecomic at gmail.com. <laughs> we will be back next week with a different season where we will branch out a bit from superhero comics, beginning with the quintessential American comic that is not a superhero comic. <laughs> um, except I think you decided to start with your uh, spinoff. Oh my god, you guys are going to be so excited to read <laughs> and discuss with us Archie versus the Predator. <laughs> it is about... Archie Comics and also The Predator. You guys should read it with us. Please read it with us. We are thrilled to see what we might be talking about. So excited. We might be talking about Dark Phoenix right now, but we are about to dive in (laughs) to Archie versus The Predator. We will also be finishing off next season, probably with a more straightforward Archie comic, but we gotta try out that. That sweet, sweet Archie versus Predator. I'm super excited. I'm intrigued to see what the hell this is about. Um, But also, Monte and I will be choosing some comics that are a little bit different. Yeah, I've decided not to do any Marvel comics in the next eight months that we do. I'm going to branch into some less superhero-y stuff for sure although i might tap into dc at one point so sure i've only ever tapped into archie comics (laughs) so that's where we're at that's where we'll be um but it will be a good time so please join us next week hit us up if you have anything to say about what happened what happened today (laughs) (laughs) um and we will see you then please stay safe and we'll see you next week Bye. Bye. Bye.